Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Yes, the internet makes a lousy babysitter because porno is just a typo away. I want to welcome you to Liquid Church. I'm Pastor Tim. It's going to be awkward. Buckle up. Uh, today, because I have a special message for parents about the candid conversation you need to have with your kids that I'm talking, calling uh, how to talk to your kids about porn, because they're already talking about it. If they're online, as 87% of all teens and tweens are today, they've already likely encountered it in pop-up ads and Google searches and spam or social media. It's interesting because in our culture, um, a child's sex education more frequently is coming from their friends from school and increasingly the web. The internet and social media have really changed the rules of the game, exposing children earlier than ever to all manner of graphic content, video, chat, and explicit material. But your job as a Christian parent is to get there first, to actually lay the foundation with clear biblical teaching on God's design for healthy sexuality. In a perfect world, parents would get there first and then the church would support that. We would partner together to educate and equip our children with a framework of godly sexuality. That's the idea. We want to reclaim this conversation. Unfortunately, today, electronic media often is giving kids their first exposure to sex and porn, and that's why the subject is so twisted and distorted in a way that God never intended. We acknowledge that sex is not dirty. Sex is a good gift. It is a great gift from God. But the world has hijacked it. And parents, we need to reclaim this conversation. That's why we're talking about it in church. It is critical, mom and dad, that you step up and take responsibility for leading your family well. So today, I want to speak about how to talk with your kids about porn, about sex, because you really can't talk about one without the other. And parents, I know you are living in a fast-paced, busy, complex world, but this is really too important to fumble. And so I want to make today's teaching as simple and easy to remember as possible. So I outlined this in your program notes. I said, let's keep this as simple as A, B, C. A, I want to first talk about what is the appropriate age to talk to your kids about these issues. Because some of you are like, you know, I don't want to uh, prematurely expose them, you know, or scar them for life. Where do we begin talking about that? What happens? How do I expand that conversation when they become a tween, then a teenager? Where does that go as they get older? B, we'll talk about the boundaries that you need to set in place in your home if it's going to be a safe place. Because you understand as your kids grow, they're going to gain independence which means they're going to start going on play dates, they're going to go on their first sleepover, they're going to get a cell phone, and it means the greater the likelihood that they will then be exposed to inappropriate viewing or touching. And you need to set clear boundaries to protect them. And then lastly, I want to give a specific candid conversation, that's what I'm going to call it, that you can have with your child, no matter what age they are, that communicates one thing. You are the safest person in the world to talk about this stuff with. Because that's how they have to see you. My hope is that this is, instead of having the talk, this is going to catalyze a series of ongoing talks, plural. The natural ongoing conversation that deepens over time with your child and continues through their various stages of life. So we're going to attack this sequentially. A, B, C, appropriate age, talk about boundaries in the candid conversation. And there is so much to talk about when it comes to these. What I decided to do is split this talk really into two parts. Today, 
We'll talk about the appropriate age and boundaries to protect your kids. And then next Sunday, I'll walk through some candid conversations that you can have with them, give you actual language, tell you about the conversations Colleen and I are having with our kids, even going to do some Q&A, answer some of your questions that people have been emailing about these issues. In fact, we set up a special account called Ask the Elephant. If you have a question about talking with your kids about porn, sex, other touchy subjects, Email them this week to elephant at liquidchurch.com. You can ask any question you want. Nothing is off limits, and I will try to include as many as possible next week. So let's start first just kind of with the ages and boundaries that parents need to set with their kids. Now, here's what I want to tell you. This is not Pastor Tim's parenting advice. Every week, I teach you not from my own limited jar of wisdom, but from God's word, the Bible. That is our primary source at Liquid for foundational teaching on sexuality and on raising children. And this approach, ABC in particular, comes from the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. That's the book of wisdom, which is appropriate. Because you, although you need courage to talk with your kids, although candor will serve you well, you need above all things wisdom, amen? You need discernment as a parent. And good news, God is your model. God, in fact, is a parent. He said, call me what? Our Father who is in heaven. And that means you have a Father who is perfectly loving, who is full of grace, who created sex and said, I want to give this to you as a gift. And my Father's heart wants you to enjoy this out of my love, out of my concern for you as a parent, as a father. I'm not going to leave you guessing what to do when it comes to talking with your kids about sex and pornography. In fact, Proverbs chapter 5 contains the counsel of a dad talking to his son about these exact issues, about porn, about sex. And you're like, really? He has the talk with his son, the good, the bad, the ugly. You're like, I don't believe you. This wasn't in the Bible. You can flip there, Proverbs 5, flip there in your uh, Bible, your phone, wherever it is. And what we're going to read are the words of a father talking to his young son about sex. Again, if you're uh, new to church, you're just coming back. It surprises people sometimes what's in the Bible. Casual readers of Scripture are always surprised by how practical and explicit God's Word is when it comes to what we think are just modern issues. So look at this together. Proverbs 5, we'll start at chapter, verse 1. The dad kind of steps up, and here's what he says to his boy. He says, my son, pay attention to my, let's read the word together. Ready? My what? Wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve, what's the word? Knowledge. So just pause here. I want you to imagine a father sitting down with his son. Maybe they're out for breakfast at a diner. Maybe they're at a, on a hike in the woods. They're fishing. They're at a ball game. They're tinkering around the garage. And he says, son, it's time. I want to have a little talk with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop some knowledge on you, okay? I'm going to give you some wisdom as you grow into a young man. Notice how he says, pay attention to my wisdom so you can preserve knowledge. These are not the same thing. Wisdom and knowledge are different things. Most people think they're synonyms. They're not. Knowledge is factual information. In other words, knowledge would be knowing that a tomato is actually a fruit, not a vegetable. That's knowledge. Wisdom is knowing enough not to put it in fruit salad. Does that make sense? In other words, there's basic information, the facts. That's what school usually teaches your kids about sex. They treat it as simple biology, they're going to give you just the basic kind of facts. This is what a penis is. This is what a vagina. This goes in here. Then there's sperm. There's an egg. There's a baby. Does it make sense? Any questions? We're going to have a quiz on Friday, right? Wisdom is applying knowledge in context. 
And so the father says, son, I want to pay attention because I actually don't want to just give you the facts about the birds and the bees. I want to have a heart-to-heart talk about sex in context. In other words, the proper context from God who invented it is relationship, a married relationship between one man, one woman for one lifetime. And it's beautiful. It is a gift from God. It's going to be amazing when you get older. But I need to let you know, there are a lot of pitfalls for a boy your age. So turn your ear to my insight. I'm going to show you what's behind the curtains, how you can be smart about this, so that you can maintain, what's the word here? Discretion, okay? In other words, you need discernment to learn how to handle something in your life that has tremendous power. Sex is powerful. It has the power to bond two people for life. It has the power to tear lives apart and consume you. So that's the heart of this wise parent in Proverbs 5. He doesn't just give the facts, he gives them wisdom. I once heard somebody define wisdom as knowledge plus scars. (laughs) In other words, he wants to save his child the pain of making some of the mistakes that he's made. So he's like, I'm going to point out some pitfalls. I'm going to spotlight some safeguards so my kid has the best chance to experience and enjoy sex as God intended with all the pleasure and joy that God wanted to have. So the dad begins by bluntly pointing out a pitfall in verse 3. Look at this. He says, For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. Now, you can take that phrase, adulterous woman, you can replace that with any man or woman who basically isn't your husband or wife that you draw sexual gratification from. He basically is saying, son, at some point, you're going to be tempted. You're going to come into contact And the temptation is going to be to draw sexual pleasure from somebody who's not your spouse. It could be a YouTube video. It could be a pop-up ad online. It could be a link. It could be a magazine you see at at the store. It could be uh, somebody at school in real life who wants to get naked, okay? And you're going to, look, it's going to drip honey. It's going to feel attractive. It'll seem sweet and harmless. What's the big deal? Porn's easy to slide into. Because when you see the smiling faces, the body parts, the door is always open, And when nobody is around, it's going to feel good going down. But watch. If you fall for it, verse 4, in the end, she's as bitter as what? Gall. Sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. The actual Hebrew is to hell. Good talk, Dad. Thanks. You know, like, whoa, you know. (laughs) Tell me what you really think, Dad, right? Again, God's word is so candid when it comes to talking about sex-related issues. And this father's like, I'm going to hit the subject head-on with my kid. And the message to my son or daughter is very simple. Porn is poison. It's, it's bitter gall. So let's just follow his example here in Proverbs 5 and talk about this first letter, A. What is the appropriate age to talk with your son or daughter about the dangers of pornography? The truth is there is no magic age or like the perfect number of years to open this issue with your, with your son or daughter. This week, looking at a lot of books, uh, you know, that are out there, they break it down according to age. Like this is what you say to a nine-year-old, you know, about sex. Real life is messier than that, isn't it? If you're parents, okay? I mean, what do you do when your eight-year-old daughter comes home from school and announces that her friend Kate, who is coming over for a play date, by the way, wants to be a lesbian when she grows up? What do you do when your fourth grader, uh, you know, your son borrows your, your iPhone at a restaurant to play Angry Birds, and then when you get it back, you discover he Googled the phrase big breasts, right? Wasn't looking for chickens, you know? What, what do you do when your daughter tells you, oh yeah, the sex ed film we saw in health class in middle school, 
told us to go ahead and experiment as we get older. If this sounds shocking, like this is way too much, way too early, I'm sorry, but that's the reality of the world we're living in. The question of how soon is too soon is answered best this way. You know your kids best, you know your home, and it's more a matter of your child's emotional maturity than of their chronological age. Hopefully, as a parent, you're already having these normal, everyday conversations with them, right? About their lives, what books they're reading, what movies they like, who their friends are, all the sorts of things that ordinarily come with parenting. The idea is for you to be in their world because you're the best gauge of their maturity level, what they can and can't handle. So as soon as you perceive that they're ready for knowledge, that's the basic facts, and then wisdom, the practical application, you need to step up and initiate that conversation. And this can be hard. I'm a parent. I have a 10-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. Only 24 months, you know, separate them biologically. They are light years apart emotional maturity, okay? Colleen and I first went over the basic mechanics of sex with our daughter when she was nine years old at Ruby Tuesdays. You know the restaurant there? Yeah, I asked her. <laughs> Thanks for that, you know, yeah. Uh, I asked her this week, I said, do you remember we had that conversation? She said, Dad, how could I forget you scarred me for life? You know, she remembers, you know. But it was appropriate with her at nine because she's uh, developed a lot faster than our son, both physically and emotionally. No surprise there, right? Boys are often slower to mature emotionally. But I actually talked with him about porn this summer while we were on vacation. What it is, where he's going to see it, what it's going to do, why your penis is going to feel tingly, all that stuff. Can we just say it, right? We went out for a special father-son fishing trip. It was a very effective conversation. I, I learned a bunch from him, okay? More on that conversation next week. But I, <laughs> as a general guideline, you need to start talking with your kids around age six, seven, and eight, especially if they're boys. Boys are very aware early, you know, at an early age of their penis. They invent very creative uses for it. Uh, you know, right? Let's be honest, right? I remember growing up, my brother was five years older than me, and around age 13, he started playing the guitar, and we had like a family event, and he was playing the guitar in the living room for all the relatives, and like everyone's like, that's amazing! And I was like, man, he's getting all this attention, you know, and applause, and my mom was putting me back, you know, get a shower before you go to bed. So I come out of the shower and come out to the family room, and I go, I can play guitar too! Like that, and my mom was like, Time to have the talk, you know, that looks at my father. This is that moment, okay? Most likely, the first conversation you have with your kid, it's not going to be this moment where you take them out, I will talk now today with you about sex. This is not going to happen. You have to initiate this moment, and you'll know. You know when your kid's emotional maturity best. The appropriate age varies from child to child. But if you're going to make a mistake, make the mistake to talk about it sooner rather than later. Here's why. As a matter of safety, you have to talk about inappropriate touching and inappropriate viewing no later than age five or six to help prevent sexual abuse. That's when they start school. Parents are sometimes squeamish about this and often wait too long to open up lines of communication, but you have to, ex you have to establish clear boundaries very early. What is acceptable, what's not, to protect their welfare. The reality is, statistically, sexual abuse most often doesn't come from adults, it comes from other children. On play dates, on sleepovers, and you need to be proactive. So you go with your gut, you actually ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom, and then you speak to your child's level of emotional maturity, starting when they're young, continuing through their tweens, into teen years and into adulthood. And you use common sense, right? When you have these conversations, 
you're only educating them with what's necessary for that time and not giving them too much too soon. But if you're unsure, parents, pick sooner rather than later. That is wisdom speaking for age appropriate. Now, what are some boundaries that you need to set in your home to keep it safe? Because that's what the parent in Proverbs does next. He gives his son very clear boundaries about what's acceptable, what's not, and what to steer clear of. Look at verse 7. He says, now then, my sons, oh, so he has multiple children. He's got a bunch of kids. Listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Who's that? That's the adulterous woman, the porn queen, okay? Do not go near the what? The door of her house. In other words, don't open the email. Don't click on the link. Lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. Porn starts out free, they're going to get your credit card. You're going to lose money, okay? In other words, son or daughter, if you are curious and you go start experimenting, you, I know how your friends are going to do this, and you go close to the line and it's free at first, eventually they're going to reel you in and you're going to lose big time. What will you lose? First, you'll lose your honor. That's your integrity. Secondly, you'll use, lose your dignity. Now you'll be flooded with this feeling of shame instead. And most importantly, you're going to lose your innocence. See, adult addicts often have the seeds of addiction planted in early childhood through premature exposure to porn. And when they indulge repeatedly, especially in their teens and then into their 20s, when they repeatedly turn to porn for relief and escape as an adult, the hooks go in. The darkness deepens until their life revolves around that addiction. Then they lose their marriage. Then they lose their money. As strangers literally feast on your wealth and your toil enriches the house of another. In other words, they get rich preying on your weakness. And the dad continues with this sobering picture. He says, at the end of your life, you're going to groan. When your flesh and body are spent, you'll say, how I hated discipline. Man, my father's always giving me these rules. How my heart spurned correction. Why do they always want these filters on everything? I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors. What's your job, parents, teachers, instructors? And I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. So this dad is like, son, take it from me. I'm warning you about this at an early age so that when you grow up, you'll actually have boundaries and you won't waste your life on sin and folly. Don't resist my correction or my rules. I'm teaching you about this because I'm your daddy and I love you and I want God's best for you. So that's why I'm going to draw boundaries both inside and outside our home. Now, what are these boundaries? Let's be specific because look at the parent here in Proverbs. He says, keep to a path Far from her, the porn queen. Do not go near the what? The door of her house. In other words, parents, here's a question. What's the entry point for porn in your home? That's what a door is. It's how you get into the home. What are the entry points for porn in your home that you need to safeguard your kids at an early age? Where do you need to draw very clear boundaries for your son or daughter? Let's start with the internet, okay? Because surfing the web is now the most popular medium of choice among millennials. More than watching TV, more than going to the movies, 87% of all teens are online. And check this out. On average, kids aged 13 to 18 spend more than 72 hours a week on electronic media. That's the internet, mobile phones, music, and video games. Catch this. This is three full days online every week. 72 hours. This is more than most of us work, right? You work like 50 hours. They're online 72 hours a week. 
And most parents, I get it. You're like, well, my, my kid is very, my kid is too innocent. They're too good. They would never get caught in porn's web. Ultimately, any child left alone with an iPad or a smartphone is at risk. And when they do, it's scary. Hey. You doing your homework? Can I ask you something? Do you think I'm pretty? What's your favorite part about me? Do you want to see more? I can show you whenever you want. Honey, dinner's almost ready. What's wrong? Nothing. Okay, we'll finish up what you're doing and come on downstairs. Okay. That's reality and that's scary. The average age of exposure to pornography is now nine years old. And you can feel how in your face and manipulative it is. Most of the time it happens in the home when the child is doing something harmless like playing video games online or watching YouTube videos and then they click on the next one that shows up. Pornographers are increasingly using very deceptive marketing techniques. This is the most disturbing. They will often link free porn to the names of cartoon characters like Pokemon and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So when you click on that, you're gonna get a pop-up ad that leads you to porn. Tweens typically search for their celebrity you know, names, One Direction, Taylor Swift, and up pops a pornographic picture in the top five. Even if they're not looking for it, your child can accidentally access it through a misspelled word, a trap link, or a pop-up ad. A staggering 90% of all 18, 8 to 16-year-olds have viewed pornography online. 90%! Majority of them first exposed while doing their homework. I remember when I was a teacher, I remember one kid getting in trouble in school because he had to do a report on American government. And so he typed in whitehouse.com, typical place to go, right? Only it's whitehouse.gov, whitehouse.com is actually the leading hardcore pornography site at the time. You see, understand, online porn is devious and deceptive. There are hidden traps everywhere. And this is not your father's playboy, okay, that you or I grew up with when we were young. The content that kids are accessing today is far more graphic, violent, deviant, and destructive. And no child is emotionally or mentally prepared to deal with hardcore content. That's why you must keep computers in a public place in your home. A child with a laptop or iPad alone in their room is like handing them a loaded gun. Okay, be careful, son. I'll see you at dinner. You know, just be careful with that. All it takes is one click. So mom or dad, it's your job to keep the computer in a public place in your house. That's a boundary. And by all means, put filtering software on every digital device you own. X3 Watch is a must. I have recommended the software twice. Here's a third time for those of you who are slow to take action. There is a free version available of this from triplexchurch.com. It provides an accountability report for any website visits that get flagged as being inappropriate. I actually recommend the premium version. That's what I'm going to put on all of our home computers because it's a beefed up version. 
It includes internet filtering. It actually blocks URLs, accountability, and uh, usage reports. And you can work it across multiple platforms so all your devices are under one account. Now, be aware of this, parents. There is an increase right now in the amount of cross-marketing between online gaming and the poor in industry. So if your child's a gamer, right? They like Xbox. They like PlayStation. Be aware that a lot of mature video games include virtual porn, sex acts, and other graphic content. You cannot, cannot, cannot blow this off like, well, the kids are playing video games downstairs. This is not Atari, okay? You and I grew up with Pong. Bing, bing. Like, what's... I'm talking... This is Grand Theft Auto, people. This is a whole different genre. Some of these games are so saturated with sex and violence, they're not even acceptable for adults. So it's just like the movies, you actually have to check the game ratings before you allow your kids to play. They operate like movies, E for everyone, T for teen, M for mature. Teen and mature typically contain very violent themes, very sexual activity and strong language, I think inappropriate for a lot of adults. But a good resource for this is iParent.tv, it's a Christian site that updates trends in gaming. Here's the best advice I can give you. Play along with your kids to see what they're into. I realize this can be intimidating, okay? As a dad, it is humbling to get your butt kicked at Super Mario Brothers, all right? I have had it happen to me. But I do it anyway because I'm entering his world to learn from him and see what he and his friends are into. More and more kids today are gravitating towards online gaming with multiple players. That means that players from different locations can come together, meet up, play together as a team, or play against each other. And as you might imagine, this is a virtual playground for predators, okay, who can typically use gaming to connect with kids, build trust and camaraderie, and then they parlay that trust into an offline meetup. If you watch one episode of To Catch a Predator, you will sober up real quick. Statistics say that one in seven youths have been sexually solicited online. What's more disturbing, 30% of 7 to 17-year-olds would freely give out their home address online if they were asked. They wouldn't give up their Twitter account. They wouldn't give up their phone number. They would give up their home address because they consider it less valuable than their electronic handles. So under, that's the problem. The internet is like the Wild West. And most kids between the ages of 7 and 17, they lack the discernment and the critical thinking skills to navigate it alone. So I understand that a lot of this seems like free babysitting, but it actually means more work for you, mom and dad. You have to supervise your kids. You have to know who they're talking to. Do not assume it's just their besties from school. Colleen and I uh, had a wake-up call this past spring when our uh, son's elementary school hosted a special guest from the county prosecutor's office for internet sex crimes. And it was very interesting because he gets up there to give his talk on internet safety, and I was like, ah, I kind of know most of this stuff. And as the guy's talking, behind him on the screen is an open AOL chat room. I was like, there's still AOL? I didn't even know that, you know, right? So this AOL chat room's open, and it's going bing, bing, as he's talking, and I'm thinking, oh, the poor guy, he doesn't realize his chat's open. That's very unprofessional. He should just, you know, close it. And he sees more and more of us just kind of watching, bing, bing, bing. And he goes, oh, I see. Okay, he goes, what this is, he goes, this is not my chat room. I'm online right now masquerading as an 11-year-old girl who just came home from my ballet practice. These are predators who are trying to find out where I live. You guys want to see this? Oh, okay, watch. And we're like, what? And as he, he literally is talking, he goes... As a prosecutor, we actually are trained how to type like an you know, 11-year-old girl. So he's like, tee I'm just home at Grammy's house. And instantly, five men come on and go, so you do ballet? Do you have a firm body? Can you send us a picture? We're watching this all appear online. 
And she's like, no, that's gross. And all of a sudden, they start downloading pictures of themselves. We are literally like, are you, this is live? He goes, watch. I don't want to see it. It opens, and it's a man in his late 50s standing in his underwear on a beach like this. Man in his late 50s in his underwear. And he goes, this guy actually is a, is a, um, a veteran uh, predator because he knows to wear underwear because now we can't prosecute him for full frontal nudity. There's nothing we can do about this. And as he talked for the next 15 minutes, 15 other men sent their photographs to the 11-year-old girl who was online doing her homework in the chat room. That was a wake-up call. It changed the conversation. Because up to that point, my question is, do I trust my kids? And then I realized it has nothing to do with my trust of them. I don't trust who's talking to them. And it opened a candid dialogue with our kids about internet safety. So parents, don't be a prude. Don't stick your head in the sand. But also don't overreact or blame your child. You need to make it clear that they can come to you if they ever feel scared, threatened, or uncomfortable by something or someone they encounter online. On Wednesday night, uh, my son had some of his gamer friends over, so I bought him pizza and everything. And uh, I go, guys, take a break from your gaming. Come on, pizza, right? So they come up around the kitchen table. I said, hey, what's the weirdest thing you guys have ever seen online? And they're all like, you know, giggly and all that. And they're like, tell them about the YouTube one. And I was like, God, what's the YouTube one? I was like, there's no girls here. You can just say it, man. And so the kid's like, we were watching YouTube, and it was like this guy catching a shark. And like, it's so crazy because the shark's like bleeding. But then at the end, Dad, and they're going, and the one kid goes, there's a woman in a bikini, and she like had the shark, and then she starts kissing the shark, and then her top fell off. And I, and I didn't freak out. I was like, oh, okay. You, you want pepperoni? You know, what do you want? I'm like, my entire, you know? I'm like, thank God. They're telling me, because as parents, it is critical for you to stay connected in the world that your kids are living in. You need to be playing their games. You need to be having conversation. You need to be checking the sites they're going, getting to know their friends, hosting them in your home, having them over for dinner so they're comfortable with you and you with them. Because after that convo, I said, I went back to it. I said, hey, by the way, guys, I go, you know, I've seen that shark video. Uh, you guys know, right? It is never okay to look at someone's private parts. And they're like, yeah, 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 I know. Or to show your parts to anyone else, ever. Any of you guys ever do that? You guys ever do this face, you know, FaceTime or anything like that? And there was kind of like, uh, and I, I don't care. Like, and their parents picked him up. I don't care that they're someone else's kids. <laughs> they're in my house using my Fios, so we're going to talk about it, and you're going to play by my rules. Because it's an issue too big to ignore, okay? Speaking of Fios, old school TV, parents, I strongly recommend restricting your cable to anything beyond the basic channels. Pay channels like HBO, Showtime, full of porn during prime time and after hours. It is just too easy for your kids and for you, okay? You can be surfing and see softcore porn at any hour. It finds you. So yes, you have to block channels. Yes, you have to learn how to do parental controls on the ones that pump in all that crap. Even stuff like Bravo, Spike TV, it's just all the way. I know all of us are like, oh, but my man cave, my flat screen. I want you to think of your TV as a raw sewage pipe pumping porn into your, your home. Every screen has the potential in your home to be a sewer pipe. The family TV, the laptop, and perhaps most challenging to today's parents, the phone, okay? This is the big debate in our house right now. Our daughter is 12 years old. All of her friends in seventh grade got an iPhone this fall, and we're holding the line. We're like, you, you got to be 13. That's just where we are. You know why? Because we don't want her to have 24-7 access to texting or Instagram yet. 
So we got her one of those basic flip phones, you know, like the Nokia. You, can only, you almost can't find them. They're vintage, you know? So we get her this flip phone so, you know, that she, we, she can call and we can pick her up, that sort of thing. But here's the deal. They feel peer pressure. So do we. Because she comes home every day and she's like, Daddy, everyone has an iPhone. Everyone texts during class. Everyone's on Instagram. And you know what? She's right. It seems like it. Parents are giving their kids smartphones earlier and earlier. And because our kids' proficiency with social media so quickly outpaces our own, a lot of us just throw our hands up and surrender. Well, what? Listen to me. Don't. Do not cave. Don't give up. Don't give in. Because the general rule for talking about sex and porn is sooner rather than later, but it's just the opposite with technology. As a general rule, later is better than sooner. The later your kids get a smartphone, the later they start using social media. Our TGIF world, Twitter, Google, iPhone, Facebook, the later the better. And don't worry about like, oh, but will my kids be left behind? They will have the rest of their life to Twitter away online, okay? Yes, it's hard to say no. Yes, there's peer pressure. Yes, your kid may get left out. But to parents, when you cave in early, when you give your eight-year-old a smartphone, you're giving them a time bomb. It's not that you don't trust them, you don't trust the others online. The potential for gossip, for cyberbullying, for exposure to graphic images and sexting, it is just too great for kids under age 13 to handle. And let me tell you something, heart to heart, there is no moment in the future when you are going to say, turn to your spouse and say, you know what, I don't have a lot of regrets, but I just regret that our daughter didn't have Instagram earlier, you know? I just, you know, we made some mistakes, but one of them was not letting our nine-year-old boy see PG-13 movies. I just wish he had seen that earlier. Take it from the wisdom of the Proverbs parent. Don't let your cowardice and your weakness as a parent put your kid at risk for premature exposure. The stakes are very high. Kids today routinely encounter pornography on social networking sites like Twitter and Facebook. We think, well, aren't those G-rated? Yeah, porn stars have accounts. People post naked pictures of themselves, and they tweet at teens to call their attention and expose them to hardcore content and groom them. It's a click away. So if you have kids who are teenagers, they're 13, they're 14, 15, they're on social media. Here's the rule. You never let them join any network you aren't a member of. So if they want to join Facebook, you join Facebook. They want to look at Vines, you join Vines. Don't know what Vines is? Look it up. I know. You have to know the ins and outs of Snapchat. You're like, Snapchat? You need to know how your kids' friends use it. So take time and investigate and actually ask your kids to teach you. Just be like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Show me how. They will teach you, okay? Look at posts together. Use it as a learning experience. It's interesting. So our daughter doesn't have Instagram, but her friends are on Instagram, so Colleen gets an Instagram account. And you know what they do? I appreciate by my wife. They go through and look at the pictures together. They go through and look at the comments, and they talk about what's inappropriate, and you know, Chase is like, ooh, that's a little bit, and she's like, that's like a hoochie mama? Yeah, it's like a hoochie mama. We don't do that, you know? <laughs> Make it a joint learning experience before you take off the training wheels. And parents, you got a teenager? Listen, remind them. There are no takebacks online. Once something is posted or sent off, it is very difficult to regain control of that content. Any image, any picture can be copied, forwarded, photoshopped, and shared around the world. And the impact of an errant post is devastating. You just asked the parents living in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. That is a few miles from here, which was at the center of a sexting scandal this spring, when two middle school girls 
took a topless selfie, sent it to their friends via Snapchat, it only lasts two seconds, screenshot takes one, and the pictures went on the cell phone of parents and kids around Basking Ridge. They do not want to have to prosecute anyone. They do want to protect these children in a day when it is very difficult to hit rewind. I think it's insane, actually. Middle school kids, just 12, 13, or 14 years old. The district won't say how many at Annan Middle School did this, but a few snapped nude pictures of themselves last week, sent them out on their cell phones, and they spread like a virus. The district sent letters home to parents. And I asked them if they could please talk to their kids about removing any kind of inappropriate content that uh, creates a, a major disruption. It makes uh, difficulties for, for students and families and, and for the orderly operation of our schools. Sunday, yesterday, was the end of an amnesty that gave kids time to delete or face disciplinary actions. Our hope is that we have all the images, uh, people that are still out there that might have these images there. They are risking criminal prosecution. Because this could reach the level of child pornography. Sources say one student who received the picture may have tried to sell or barter for it. How serious this can get for children. Oh, and how embarrassed are they when they're, you know, some their neighbor is looking at a picture that got out of somebody else's hands, you know, because they can pass them to everything. Instagram, Twitter, it can all be passed. And even the students who snap themselves are having to answer. Parents are being asked to step it up too. It's a healthy reminder once in a while to, to, to do a little random check on your kids and sit down and talk to them about, um, you know, inappropriate content and not, you know, storing it, saving it, uh, doing the right thing and deleting it. Once it's in the internet, it's there forever. It doesn't go away. And they don't understand that, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the scary part. Yeah, it is. It's heartbreaking. Sebastian Ridge. These are middle school girls, 12, 13, and 14 years old, and they now face criminal charges of distribution of child pornography. What does the parent in Proverbs say to his kids about porn? What are his words of wisdom? Now then, my sons, my daughters, listen to me. Don't turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Don't send the text. Don't snap the selfie, don't use porn yourself or send it to anyone, lest you lose your what? Your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. At the end of your life, you'll groan. When your flesh and body are spent, you'll say, how I hated discipline. Why did mom put the filters on? How my heart spurned correction. Why does that always have all these rules? I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors, and I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Is the scripture popping for you now? Is it coming to life? When a teen or tween's hormones are raging and they are craving the love and attention and affirmation of others, the ability to make a poor choice, post a provocative picture or, or text, sometimes too great, and it leads to great regret. Sexting is a major issue, puts your kids at serious risk. If your child receives a sexually suggestive image from one of their peers who's under 18, They'll be charged with possession of child pornography, pure and simple. In the eyes of the law, sexting is no joke. It is not harmless fun. It is a serious crime with serious consequences. And mom and dad, it is your responsibility to make sure your child understands the severity and keeps a path far from it. Set clear boundaries with your kids, says Proverbs. Understand statistically the vast majority of sexually explicit texting and chatting happens between the hours of 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. after mom and dad have gone to bed. 
right? Parents, you know how this goes, right? The adults get tired. I know. At 9.30, I'm like, I can't stay awake. I'm done, right? And mom and dad go to their bedroom. Kids go to theirs. And we go, we go, and they go, they start online. Mom and dad are snoring away. They're typing under the covers. That's the reality. So here are two boundaries for you to set in your home. Number one, collect all family phones in a basket in the center of the dinner table, particularly at meals. You just say, hey, everybody, adults and kids, we're going to put our phones in the center of the table so we can have face-to-face conversation. But then do the same thing at the end of the night. You collect all the phones, say, hey, guys, I'm going to charge our phones overnight, all right? So collect, just have a matter of things. Everyone puts it in the basket. Whatever you do, parents, do not let your kids take their phone to bed. 90% of all sexting and inappropriate messaging and bullying takes place after 8 p.m. at night. Phones in bed. Number two, Colleen and I have a policy that at any time we can pick up the kids' phones, their computers, and look at any text message, email, or browser history anytime we want. And we don't consider it an invasion of privacy. We call it responsible parenting, okay? I'm just telling you. Listen to me. If you are paying for the phone, your child is living in your house, you have every right to look at their phone anytime you want. Because a phone is not a right. A phone is not a necessity. It's not a privilege. A phone's a luxury. You understand? First world problems. If you pay for it, you get to look at it and install whatever controls you want on it. Now, don't mishear me. I'm not telling you to be a Nazi. It's not like, give me that phone, I'm going to catch you. That's not the point, right? You, we, them knowing that you have the right to spot check is a healthy boundary. And in return, I've told my kids, do it any time with daddy's phone you want. I told my kids. I said, you take daddy's phone, you can check my text, my browser history, you can look at my email. You're not going to find anything embarrassing that daddy's doing. You know what? That is a great way to teach your kids accountability, but also show a level of trust in the other direction. You should have access to all of their online accounts and passwords. They actually know mine. That's just how it is when we roll. I'm very easy to hack. But they're under, it's true. I want to model that for them. Anybody can look at it. When you live with integrity, you don't have to worry about it. But when they're under your roof, you're responsible for their protection. So don't make excuses. Step up. Now, I know some of you are ready to take action today. And I want to recommend a new book. I just read it this week. Very good. It came out last month. It's called Touchy Subjects. Talking to kids about sex, tech, and social media in a touchscreen world. It's by Craig Gross. He's the creator of X3 Watch. Very readable, media savvy. I just read it this week, but if you get this on Amazon, it will help you pull together a game plan for raising pure kids in a pornographic culture. Moms and dads, here's the, here it is. Someone said to me, this is a wake-up call. Yeah, it is. You and I are living in a brave new world. Our children are exposed to challenges and temptations you and I couldn't have imagined 20 years ago. And far from kind of a laid-back, hands-off approach, Proverbs says you got to be more engaged than ever in protecting their hearts and minds to train and teach your kids to live with integrity in a world that's growing darker by the day. That's your God-given responsibility as a parent. God doesn't ask you for perfection. We all make mistakes, yeah? We all wish we had done some things differently. I understand right now some of you are like, oh, man, you're feeling like a failure. Don't. It is never too late. God is a God of redemption. And the wise parent in Proverbs shows us how to hit this head on, how to install age-appropriate safeguards in your home, how to establish God-honoring boundaries to keep them safe. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about the candid conversation that you and I need to have one-on-one with your child about sex and porn. Today, I kind of gave you the tools 
But next week, we'll talk about what you actually say to your child so they understand you're the safest person on earth to talk with this stuff about. I want to model that to you. Some of you are like, he seems very comfortable. He said penis and masturbation. I want to show you what it's like to actually talk like that openly as an adult so I can model that and then you can go do it. But I don't want to overwhelm you all in one week. I see some of you are overwhelmed. You're just like, <laughs> your jaw has been open the whole time. I get it. Here's what we do. Take a step this week. Order the book. Read it with your spouse. Sarah, we are kind of on the same page about this. Open up social media accounts where your kids are. Install controls. Open conversations with your kids. And here's, here, what, what questions do they have? What are your kids curious about? Do they even know you're engaged in this, like that we're talking about this? Here's what I'm going to give you a gift. Are you ready for your gift this week? You blame it on Pastor Tim, okay? <laughs> blame it on me. I want you to go home. You get in the minivan today. Yeah, how was Liquid Kids? Oh, you know, it was all right. How, you know, we're talking about Joseph. What did you talk about? You know, how to go upstairs? Well, Pastor Tim, I can't even tell you. He's talking about porn and sex, and, and, and he, said, he actually said penis. I couldn't believe it. It's outrageous. And then tell them he's playing a little game called Ask the Elephant. Pastor Tim said for us to email him any questions we have, and they're completely anonymous about this kind of stuff. It's outrageous. What do you think we should ask him? And then you email me this week at elephant at liquidchurch.com. I'm not going to get to all of these. You don't put your name on it. But next week, we're going to tackle some of the recurring issues. I received some great questions this week. Listen to this. One parent said, I'm a single mom. How do I talk to my son about these things? Great question. Uh, here's another. Besides telling my daughter no until marriage, what's the most important thing to communicate to a teenage girl about sex? That's a great question because the conversation can't just be negative. Don't, don't, don't. And then this, uh, I walked in on my son masturbating to porn, but my husband says it's normal. Is it? These are great questions. No question is off limits. No shame, no embarrassment. You have to step up and be able to have an open, honest dialogue about today's subjects from a biblical perspective. we got to reclaim this, guys. I'm going to tell you next week what Colleen and I have been learning with our kids, what has worked, what has failed miserably, <laughs> what to avoid as we raise our families in the wisdom of God. Sound good? All right, here's how I want to end this. I want to pray for parents here. So at all of our campuses, if you're a parent, you have influence with a child, would you stand on up? All pa parents, stand on up. If you're a grandparent, that's fine too. You got your uncle, whatever, just stand on up. I want to pray for you. Let's do this. Put your hands out like that. This, this is open hands is universal. God, I need something from you. Father, I pray right now. I thank you that we call you Father. We call you Abba. You are perfectly loving God. There is no shame. There is no darkness in you. But Father, now your children need wisdom. So I ask God, as we open our hands as mothers and fathers who are fallible and make mistakes, pour it out, God. Send your Holy Spirit. I pray right now that you would pour out wisdom and grant these moms and dads courage to fearlessly talk with our kids, free from shame and embarrassment, God, so they could walk in truth. Lord, we know the lives of the next generation are hanging in the balance, and you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. So I pray right now protection from the enemy for our families and power by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.